You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. It's hour two on this Monday. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Got some news out of Knoxville, Tennessee. 18 arrests, 47 ejections at Tennessee's football game against Ole Miss Saturday night. The chancellor said campus police are working to identify fans who threw trash on the field during the game to face disciplinary actions and students could be banned from attending future Tennessee games. The uh, police department is looking through video of the game, including security camera footage. Game also broadcast on the SEC network. That was Saturday night. A UT spokesperson said more security cameras may be added to Nayland Stadium and focused on the student section from which most of the trash was thrown. That will be considered by an event management review. Well, the video is uh, pretty remarkable. When you're watching Lane Kiffin, game is over, and he's surrounded by some police officers. They can't do anything because... You've got a couple of hundred people, maybe a thousand people who uh, are throwing things and he's trying to get off the field. Somebody hit him with a golf ball, which, of course, begs the question, who brings a golf ball to a football game unless you're planning on throwing the golf ball? Also, somebody threw a, uh, a container of mustard, a, a, a bottle of mustard onto the field and uh, somebody threw a, a pizza box, somebody threw a water <laughs> bottle at Lane Kiffin. But uh, Ole Miss picks up the victory there. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock. It's our streaming partner. By the way, Mike Myers returns. The next terrifying chapter in the record-setting Halloween franchise is back. Halloween kills in theaters now and streaming only on Peacock. Also, say good morning to our radio affiliates, numbering nearly 400, including Lincoln, Nebraska, Independence, Kansas, and Decatur, Illinois. McLovin, the poll question we're going to go with this uh, second hour. You know, the first hour was who's going to make the Pro Bowl in the NFC, and Kyler Murray and Tom Brady are one and two, but we're getting a lot of tweets saying this is a ridiculous year uh, for that. I have an AFC question. Mm -hmm. If the Bills lose tonight, who is the favorite in the AFC? The choice being the Ravens, the Bills, uh, I'm not even sure who else we put on here. Are the Chiefs still in that poll? Are the Chargers still in that poll? You have to keep the Chiefs in here. Okay. It feels like it's it, it's open season for Patrick Mahomes. What people tweeted in the first half of that game against Washington, that should be held against you whenever you tweet something against Patrick Mahomes. You want to stay with that? You want to die on that hill? Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not ready to abandon ship with Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes is still playing at a very high level. You know, he had a bad interception, and then you have people who are like, oh, okay, you know. Everybody was all in on Justin Herbert. Now, I'd take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I don't know how you feel today after what happened yesterday in Baltimore. Josh Allen on display tonight, standalone game. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of opinions about the Bills and Josh Allen come tomorrow. Uh, what else do we have, McLovin? Okay, who is playing tonight has a better chance of winning the MVP? Josh Allen or Derrick Henry? How about him for a run? He's His stats are unbelievable this year. Josh Allen. You don't think a running back can break through? No, because he's already done that. He's already rushed for 2,000 yards. And, and they were a playoff team and went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. 
So, no, I don't think so. Yes. He... But, man, if that dude doesn't do it, then no running back ever should. Well, you know, he's the aberration. He's the anomaly. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Don't give him that second contract. You know, Derrick Henry didn't get a lot of carries. He split time in college, didn't get a lot of, of uh, touches, as they like to say, when he first started. First three years in the NFL, and, you know, they're making up for lost time there. But he still feels a little fresher than some of these other running backs there. I like Kamara because I don't think he's a guy that you just load up and say, run it 30 times and, you know, take on contact there. Uh, McCaffrey, you know, I didn't like I didn't like the contract. Um, Aaron Jones, you know, the way the Packers use him, I like that. But he's not costing you. Well, not a first-round draft pick. Yeah, McLovin. How about Ezekiel Elliott yesterday? A little spicy? Yeah. Or yeah. those just giant, giant holes he's running through? They are. I mean, come on. It, they had holes that were so wide, and then when they needed one yard, they couldn't get one yard. But I do like that they're splitting carries with Zeke and Pollard. I, I think that that's smart. I like when Dallas runs the ball more than they pass the ball. You know, Dak throwing it 50 times and you barely beat the Patriots. The Patriots aren't very good. And that defense that we do talk about, it's an improvement. You're still letting the Patriots score four touchdowns and the Patriots don't score touchdowns. Just small little things to file away with Dallas. I still like what they're doing. And uh, Mike McCarthy always makes me scratch my head a couple of times and go, is he, why is he still a head coach in the NFL? Yeah, Paul. I just checked Derrick Henry's numbers. He's right now on pace for 2,200 yards rushing. Yeah. Yikes. But they're not a good team this year so far. You know, that helps. I mean, they, they were a really good team and he's rushing for 2,000 yards. But I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Yes, he, but now we're another season into him doing this, and people still haven't figured out how to stop him. But you wonder, okay, he didn't win it before. What makes you think he'll win it now? Because it's almost like they have to give it to him now. If he keeps doing this, it's like, dude, this is two years in a row. I just don't know if it's like the Academy Awards where you go, you know, we didn't give it to this actor a couple of times. We're going to give it to you for this movie. And you go, that movie? Yeah, Paul. That's the Paul Newman Award. Paul Newman was bypassed all through the 70s, and then he got it for Color of Money, mm. the, the yeah. pool movie. Scorsese, he, he got it for a... The Departed? Relatively crappy movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, McClough. So what are we getting our Emmy is, the what the, you know, by that logic. Yeah, no we're, we're overdue. You know what? Maybe we get it on an off year. It's just we haven't had an off year. <laughs> Damn it. We're just too good we too are. often. <laughs> I've been telling you guys that for years. Damn He's it. Off. I know. We need to do bad Boston accents and do our departed. <laughs> Maybe, how about we tank the last couple of months here? You know? Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we, we get a sympathy vote. Cold takes. Yeah. All right. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com here. Uh, by the way, uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Green Bay. I mean, it wasn't a great performance by Green Bay. And you did beat the Bears. And uh, Aaron Rodgers had this to say after the win. Sometimes you black out on the field. <laughs> in a good way. Uh, I definitely blacked out. I looked up in the stands and in the front row all I saw was a woman giving me the double bird. <laughs> so a woman was flipping him off. He scores the touchdown. He does the discount double check. And then he yells out, I own you. I still own you. 
Did he need to say that he still owned you? I'm going to guess everybody at Soldier Field was like, man, he owns us. Why was that on his mind in that moment? I still own you. I don't know. Had, had someone been questioning his ownership <laughs> at some point, being like, you don't own us. Yeah, I still own you. Why did that come out of his mouth? Now, is that can you taunt the fans? You just can't taunt, uh, taunt a, uh, another person, a football player. Is that right? And C.D. Lamb going into the end zone. Did, did C.D. Lamb taunt the Patriots? Because that certainly looked like a taunt to me, but I didn't know if Aaron Rodgers, like I can't hurt a, a fan's feelings, but I could hurt another player's feelings. Therefore, you, you can taunt the fans. I wonder, I wouldn't be surprised if C.D. Lamb got fined. With that, you know, the game-winning touchdown, but where he just kind of goes in and he's, you know, looking at the defender. I mean, look, these taunting penalties, I don't understand. Like they're trying to keep down fights. When's the last time we had a fight other than Miles Garrett against the Steelers? Against Mason Rudolph? Like, how many fights are there? How many skirmishes are there? And I don't know what a ton. Look, I'll go back to when Lamar Jackson does a somersault cartwheel into the end zone, and that's not taunting the defense? That left you wide open to be able to do a cartwheel into the end zone? Devontae Adams did it yesterday. Like, I don't know what these silly things are. I just don't. This is what I worry about. That at a most inopportune time with a game on the line and a postseason game, somebody gets flagged for this and it changes somebody's entire season. That's the only thing I worry about. If you want to call these silly things, okay, because you're what? It's all about. Remember last year was all about fun. And then this year, it's what about the kids? Like I'm, I'm trying to keep up with, uh, you know, what the NFL is trying. What's, what's the message the NFL is trying to send? When the Arizona Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury in 2019, most people assumed that they'd be a high octane offense and a winning team, but nobody was quite certain. Now they're six and zero, high powered offense thanks to Kyler Murray. A lot of weapons there. They wreaked havoc against a banged-up Browns team. J.J. Watt, of course, starting to make plays. And uh, they did it without Cliff Kingsbury out Sunday on the COVID list. Next week, they play the Texans. They could be 7-0. and It's a tough division, or at least we thought it was. You know, the Steelers were 11-0 and last season. Ended up 12-4. and Cardinals have enough talent to keep this run going, but the expectations are going to rise, too, in setting up an exciting second half of the season for Arizona. Couple of phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, let me start with Matt in North Carolina. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good, Matt. Um, uh, best of the weekend was definitely the Red Sox coming back to get game two with two grand slams in the first two innings. Um, worst was Patriots losing to Dallas. That one kind of hurt. Um, <clears throat> a couple things real quick. I never did like follow the trends like the Game of Thrones and all that. But when you brought up uh, Squid Game, I had to watch it. And that show is amazing start to finish. I did it all yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I can't wait. I hope they do another season. And <clears throat> happy birthday to my wife, Shauna. And I uh, hope we have a good night. But wait. Thanks, Dan. All right. Squid Game. Ha-ha. Thinking happy birthday, <clears throat> my wife. <clears throat> yeah. 
22nd anniversary. <laughs> Love her. I'll tell you what, that guy started yesterday one person and ended yesterday a different person. If he just ran right through eight hours of a squid game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're a different fellow waking up today. That will stay with you a little bit. Squid game's tough. Got to be ready to watch it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Polly. Is it troubling when you, after you get done watching, is it troubling where it stays with you? It's going to bother you? Yeah. Should, would you advise people to watch it? Remember the, a movie a bunch of years ago? You advised me not to watch it. Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no reason to ever do that. Seton actually pulled me aside and goes, yeah, don't watch that one. No. Because I was going to watch it. I heard it was good, but I didn't know anything about it. I started it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to bail. Is it that kind of thing or Squid Games is go ahead and watch it? I would watch it just for the concept. The Visually, it's it's amazing. And, you know, when we, we, you know, we always talk about life or death. Oh, you know, it feels like it's life or death. This is life or death, these games in Squid Game. And they're paring down to get, uh, you know, one person. One person wins all the money. But, you know, everybody else dies. And, uh, you know, a couple of interesting twists there. I knew I wasn't going to like the ending, the, the last episode, and I didn't. Um, there's there's going to be a season two, I think, uh, with Squid Game. But uh, I wouldn't have your children watch. I'd just say, if they're not teenagers, even if they are teenagers, I mean, it's violent. And uh, just that opening, the opening episode, halfway through, Red light, green light. That was one of those where you go, oh boy. All right. It's on. Yes, time. Are the participants aware that it's life or death or they find out the rude awakening of it's not just a win or a loss for you? Well, they certainly find out on red light, green light. Because <laughs> then they look around and they go, oh my gosh. All of these people playing the game red light, green light. And it's, it's awesome. <laughs> It's a crazy, crazy episode, but it does set the, because you ease into it and you're going, all right, this is okay. All right. Okay. All right. Now they, oh, first game, first game, they go out and then all of a sudden it doesn't take long before you go, wow, that is heavy. Okay. All right. And we're off. You got my attention. Heavy. But I would say if you get through the first episode, then watch all of it. But I would not, if you have kids, I'd, I'd really, I, I wouldn't allow it. You know, I wouldn't. It's, it's pretty tough. All right, I know you take a break. We'll uh, talk some more NFL. We'll get to more phone calls, give you our best and worst of the weekend. And uh, Carson Palmer, as he always does every Monday, will join us in about an hour from now. If you're around with us, we'll settle on a poll question. All of that coming up right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. M Drive. M Drive is here coming to the rescue. You want to keep up with the younger guys at the gym or the office? Time for M Drive. Everyday supplement for driven guys who refuse to let age slow them down. Packed with clinically tested ingredients, M Drive supports healthy testosterone levels while helping maintain lean muscle and giving you that energy to fight back against aging so you can compete every single day. It's a young man's game. What I'm doing, I got to keep up with the younger guys. M Drive. MDriveDan.com, delivered right to your door. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Also available at Walgreens Rite Aid and Vitamin Shop. We're all getting older. Doesn't mean we have to act like that. Should be able to give the younger guys a thing or two. MDrive gives your body the T-support it needs to compete and win. 
M-Drive is not for everyone. It's for the driven. Visit mdrivedan.com for more strength, more energy, and more T-support to fuel your... Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Whether Vans stops short... Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Uh, let me sneak in James in Cincinnati before we make way for Mina Kimes from the mothership. Hey, James. DP. Hey, DP. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, best best of weekend is how about them Bearcats, baby? Up to number two, spanked UCF. Another best is how about Joe Burrow and the Bengals getting to four and two. My worst of the weekend is not really worst, but can you put in a plug to maybe our boy Kirk Herbstreit and College Game Day to get him down to Cincinnati? We're at Georgia for the third time this year. I mean, I think with us being number two, week 11 comes around with SMU uh, ranked. We should uh, have a little college game day. You and the boys should come down for a tailgate. All righty. Well, James, congratulations. Morale's high in Cincinnati, and I don't have any sway at the mothership anymore. I put in my 18 years, and uh, I'll let somebody else help you there. Yes, Paulie? I think Cincinnati football, I I think they're at uh, Navy. They got SMU at home. I don't know if SMU at home is going to do it. You need a bigger, bigger team. I know nobody wants to play them, but I don't know. I don't know if game day is going to come down to Cincinnati. By the way, if you could give the Heisman Trophy to a group of players, it would be Georgia's defensive front. I said this two weeks ago. I, I mean, when you watch Georgia, that that's an NFL line. It, it really is. They're great. And I saw Daniel Jeremiah works for the NFL Network. He's like, draft them all. Draft the entire defense there. I just know when I watched the Arkansas game, I felt bad for Arkansas. The offensive linemen and the running backs because those are some talented, talented players up front. More phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you hours coming up. Mina Kimes, NFL analyst for the Mothership, senior writer, podcast host, TV contributor, all-around good person for Eastern on ESPN. You can watch NFL Live with her, with Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge, Ryan Clark, and Keyshawn Johnson. And Mina Kimes joins us on the program. Mina, uh, best team in the AFC is who right now? The Buffalo Bills, unless something crazy happens tonight. Uh, I'm riding with Buffalo. And it's complicated. There's so much parity around the NFL right now. But they look like the most complete team. Well, I was wondering about the Ravens, of what they're doing, not having you know any running backs there, what they did against the Chargers. And, and I know we always have this referendum after every game. It feels like we know the team's either good or not. But where do the Ravens sort of fit in all of this? I've got them second, and I'm so glad you asked about the Ravens in particular because I just spent the morning re-watching their defense. That was by far the best game they've put together on that side of the ball. And, you know, they've struggled with some injuries. Obviously, losing Marcus Peters early in the season was brutal. In fact, they're one of the most injured teams in the league in terms of the players on IR. But you finally saw what a complete effort could look like. Really, they won in all three phases. Beginning Deshaun Elliott back, 
The safety was huge. Dan, that might be the worst game I've ever seen Justin Herbert play as a pro, and I've watched all of them. And a lot of it had to do with the game plan put together by Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator. I mean, he had no idea where the pressure was coming from on third down. And watching them, like we know what Lamar can do, right? We know he can put the team on his back. But watching them yesterday against L.A., I felt like for the first time, this team can actually win a Super Bowl. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I felt it. I feel it. What's your? Do you disagree? There's so much disbelief in your voice just now. Oh, I don't know. I I think sometimes it's uh, you know it's like the declaration last week was Justin Herbert. I'd take Justin Herbert over uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, where did that oh, come uh, from? Like, it, you know, we just yeah. we have these statements sometimes, and I just go, wow, that might come back and haunt you. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Lamar, what he's doing in as far as value goes, is is right up there with with Kyler Murray. He might not have the numbers, uh, you know, the pretty numbers there, but you know, I'm I'm with you on on that team, that coach, and what they did defensively was uh, pretty impressive. But let me go back to Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Are, are you on that hill? Are you going to die on that hill? No. That Justin Herbert? No. Okay. All right. No, I didn't know that. that I mean, I, I, I believe you when you say that the hill people are dying on because we're such prisoners in the moment and coming off of it's just been such a wonky season with the Chiefs. And a lot of that doesn't have to do with Patrick Mahomes. Some of it does. He, he made a pretty boneheaded, maybe the most boneheaded mistake he's ever made yesterday. But you got to look at the body of work, right? I mean, part of the reason – I'm so confident about Lamar and the Ravens is at this point, the dude's been in the league for a few years, right? Where we had the MVP season that everyone seems to have collectively forgotten where he was excellent <laughs> throwing the ball. Whereas again, you go on Herbert versus Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes, yes, he's had some ups and downs this year. Yes. The defense is terrible. Yes. He's made some weird interceptions and uncharacteristically, um, I guess, pressing type throws, but you can't, compare Herbert to him yet after such small sample size. Five teams are five and one or better in the NFC. So Cards, Cowboys, Ooh. Packers, Bucks, Rams, they went 5-0 and oh in week six. They won their games by an average of 14 points per game. If we were going to rank these teams, because we always love rankings, uh, give, me, give me one through uh, five with those teams. Oh, Lord. Okay, so yeah, okay. there's five in the NFC? Oh, yeah, because the Rams. Okay, so are we ranking now or come January? January. Oh, God, you got me. Okay, so now everyone's going to be mad at me because I'm not going to have the Cardinals number one. They're obviously number one now. If you get to 6-0, and I don't care how you got it. Greg Joseph missed field goals and chaos and all of that and weird kick sixes. You're 6-0. and However, if, I'm going to give you a rankings in January, and you can come check back with me. Okay. I'm going Bucks number one. Right. I'm going Cardinals number two. Ooh. Mm, Are you Cowboys sure you three. believe that? Do you believe that? Ah, I just don't want people to yell at me. I, 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 okay, so here's, here's the thing about the Cardinals. Let me, let me tell you why I have Cardinals skepticism, even though I think Kyler Murray is playing out of it. He's in God mode. Um, I was really hoping yesterday we would get to see this defense tested against a violent running game because I believe that is the primary weakness of this team. Unfortunately, Cleveland rolls in with backup tackles and no Nick Chubb, so that hypothesis is not tested. And really, you can kind of throw out the defensive performance to some degree. What Kyler did in offense still stands. I'm very, very intrigued by Cardinals-Packers in a couple of weeks because I think that's going to be – I know the Cardinals blew the Rams – out of the water. It was kind of a weird game that got away from the Rams early. But 
Packers, I think, you know, have the sort of running game that can give the Cardinals the business. And I still don't trust Cliff Kingsbury in terms of game management. I mean, it's incredible that they play pretty well without him. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just don't trust him, particularly compared to some of the other coaches at the top of the NFC, non-Mike McCarthy division. Are you all in on the Cowboys? Uh, no, because of the aforementioned Mike McCarthy aspect, I am not. Um, I think the Cowboys have the best offense in the NFL. I think they are a buzzsaw. I think they can beat you a million different ways. You see that, whether it was the run game the previous two weeks. Yesterday it was the pass because New England was so determined to stop the run. But I think this is a yeah, maybe above average defense. Now, that said, I don't think there's we, – we got more parity in the NFL this year than ever before. So there's no – you know, steamroller of a team that makes me question the Cowboys. I just don't think they're perfect. I don't think they're balanced to the degree that people seem to think they are. I know the Rams won a scrimmage yesterday with the Giants, but <laughs> True. Um, I, I'm not sure. Like, what's the identity of this team? Uh, explosive offense with a little bit of inconsistency sprinkled in for Matt Stafford, which you kind of see pop up as a reminder that, oh, yeah, he's still Matt Stafford. And then defensively, um, two of the best players of their generation and some weaknesses elsewhere throughout. Um, actually, not too dissimilar from the Packers to that extent with Jair Alexander out. But you are seeing a few holes in this Rams defense, granted not against the Giants, that the the Cardinals really exposed where you can attack their linebackers and all of the DBs not named Jalen Ramsey. Who will be the all pro quarterback in the NFC this year? Brady, Stafford, Prescott, Murray, Rogers, other. I'm going Dak Prescott there. Uh, it's really, really hard since they're all in the same conference as you just described, but it's funny because Dak's not my MVP. And, and when I say my MVP, I, I think of you it the way that you do, Dan, where I'm looking at actual value to the team, which is why I'm rolling with Lamar. But I think Dak is not only playing at an extraordinarily high level, he's part of an offense in terms of the line, the skill players. By the way, Michael Gallup's going to come back at some point, And then a play caller that's going to ensure he has this level of success for the rest of the season. Talking to Mina Kimes, the uh, analyst, senior writer, podcast host, uh, TV contributor for the Mothership. What was your Super Bowl pick, and do you want a do-over? I think I had the Bucks Chiefs, <laughs> really original, right? Um, and right now, I'll go Bucks Bills. Okay, have so, do-over. So that means the Bills will lose tonight. If the if the Bills lose tonight, can I, who's producing this? Can you go and delete the sort of, <laughs> of the archives? And I mean, I'd be really shocked. And and if they do lose tonight, by the way, the AFC is total chaos, right? I mean, I, we're yeah. all kind of coming out of last week saying, okay, this is the Bills look finally. This looks like an actual balanced team. We know what they can do on offense in terms of their firepower, but the defense was untested going into last week. They played a cupcake schedule. Pass rushes look great. We know how good the safeties are in Stavius White. And suddenly, I think that those questions have evaporated. If they lose to the Titans, then I don't know what to believe anymore. My entire belief system will be thrown into question. You tweeted this out last year, Tom Brady, 35th in passer rating when pressured. This year, he's second. How do you explain that? A little chaos ball. Um it's complicated because if it was just this year versus last year, I would say it's mostly scheme comfort within the offense. Right. And I think that does explain a lot of it. Uh, but 
as you guys remember, I'm sure, locally, Tom Brady also struggled against pressure in his final years in New England, too. Yeah. So a lot of that had to do with the skill players and their inability to separate. I think that's an important part of explaining why. But um, the dude is playing the best football he's played in years at the moment, and it seems like a perfect storm of reasons ranging from scheme to the personnel around him to the man himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to understand why he would walk away. And the only thing I could think of was that he comes to the realization about missing out on things at home. That, because other than that, it's not like he's, he was fast enough to slow down. And if he still has a good arm, good protection, he likes the coach, likes the system, likes the weather, uh, got some skill position players. Why would Tom Brady walk away? You know, I always thought Brady would walk away because he was tired of getting hit. That's just seemed, maybe that's a very normy way to look at it, where you kind of put yourself into the shoes of a man who's accomplished everything and feats that will probably never be matched, right? But I thought, man, you know, I'm younger than Tom Brady, but even me, if I stub my toe in the corner of the bed, the day is over. I'm watching him <laughs> get hit in the pocket. I'm like, you don't want to do this anymore. And then the statistic you just read out loud, well, he's throwing pearls while he's getting hit this year. And that is different, Dan, from the previous two years. And I, I, Seth Wickersham, who I, I'm sure you've had on your show, he's got this new book on the past, right? He, he was telling me the other day that Brady practices taking sacks, which is true sicko behavior, explains the greatness. <laughs> but watching him this year, he, he really, even when he's getting hit, there's sort of like an elegance to it, an ability to rip off these throws that, again, makes me agree with you. I, I really don't understand why he'll walk away at this point, given not only the level of football he's playing, but the nature of it. Good luck to your Bills tonight, Mina. Great to talk to you again. Oh, prayers, <laughs> prayers up. Bye, guys. Mina Combs, ESPN NFL analyst, senior writer, podcast host, TV contributor. And uh, you can see her, NFL Live, each weekday at 4 Eastern. Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge, Ryan Clark, Keyshawn Johnson, and uh, she also uh, hosts the Mina Kimes podcast featuring her dog Lenny available each week wherever you download your podcast. She's got a lot of energy. Got a lot of knowledge, too, as well. She loves football. Uh, I was going to bring up Russell Wilson because I don't think Russ is back with Seattle next year. But I've been saying that since he joined us after the Super Bowl. And I thought he might he'll be back for this year. And then that's probably it. And uh you know, I, I think Geno Smith did a pretty good job of keeping you know, Seattle in that game against Pittsburgh. I don't know what to make of Pittsburgh. And speaking of somebody that who's tired of getting hit, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, it used to be Ben would take on contact and he'd extend a play. Now, things have calmed down a little bit. This is how the NFL works. The NFL is so powerful that Urban Meyer, he's going to get fired. Oh, my God. And, and then they win a game. Uh John Gruden does get fired. Then we talk about them. Used to be, we were talking about Washington football team. It only lasts a week or so. And then we move on. Is anybody talking about Urban Meyer today? Still the same coach. Nope. Nobody is. Raiders won a game. Where are we going? What's next? Anything else going to happen here? Washington football team. 650,000 emails. Didn't find anything in there. Okay. <laughs> how is that possible? Like, how do you say that with a straight face? Yeah, we went through 650,000 emails. We didn't find anything. With a team that is, is full of 
sexual harassment allegations. And, and they dropped it on, did they drop it like Saturday morning yeah. right before the college football games? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't see anything. I'm going to see here. Yeah, nothing to see here. Just keep moving on. This is owners protecting owners. It really is. So I've been told. Uh, Danny in Baltimore, best and worst of the weekend. Danny, what's on your mind? How you doing, DP? Hey, bud. Uh, best of the weekend, I'm going to go with Wink Martindale and the scheme of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, worst, I'm going to go with the Dodgers bullpen. Mm. Yeah. You know, you got back-to-back walk-off wins. And, you know, sometimes when you get blown out, like the loss is already set in during the game. When you get those dramatic victories or losses, those are the kind that just haven't, you know, there's like a, the morning after where you wake up and you're like, Golly. and the missed opportunities that you have, and now you come back home and here's your season on the line. And I did watch the Astros and the Red Sox because Fritzy, of course, gave me a heads up that they had already hit one grand slam. And then I tuned in and saw the second grand slam. And I thought, okay, that should be enough offense here for uh, the Red Sox. That's tough. Eight nothing after two to come back. Yes. Yes, that is. Uh, Jimmy in Jacksonville. Hi, Jimmy. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan. Good morning. Um, hey, I got best and worst for you from the weekend. Uh, my best, uh, I want to say it was uh, Friday afternoon closing the show out and talking about the dead dad club. And man, I just laughed so hard. It it made my afternoon. And then uh, this morning, this morning at two o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting here watching snatch and crying and missing my dad and thinking this is what they were talking about on Friday. So (laughs) the whole weekend, man. Um, But uh, so that's my best. My worst of the weekend is the Jags. If there was ever, uh, why can't they win a game here in Jacksonville for the fans who've been there for 25 <laughs> years with them? We, we hurt with them. We go to the game. I mean, we, we experienced success early on. We, we were there. We punished Dan Marino out of his last game. You know, Jeff Fisher's mustache has destroyed us. We've gone through all of these hurts over the years, and then they go to London. <laughs> to, I would have rather lost that game and, and, and kept the record for the most losses, and at least we have something to take out of the last two years. So, Dan, the Jags are the worst. It's, they're, you know, I, they're like my ex-wife today, and I don't know how they've hurt me this bad by winning. <laughs> so, Thank you, Jimmy. And, of course, sorry for your loss with your dad. Not your ex-wife. Um, yeah, I, I wondered if, if the Jags win in the morning, not in this country, does it really count? And I watched the, the ending of that, and, and look, they and in dramatic fashion. But I couldn't help but think of the Dolphins. You know, Tua played well, had really good numbers. But you, you beat the Patriots due to a fluke fumble, and now you've lost five in a row. And this is a team that won, what, 10 games last year that we looked at. Uh, you know, that's another thing when you factor in the AFC East with the Patriots, uh, the Dolphins, the Jets, and that helps the Buffalo Bills. You know, when we talk about home field advantage, that division is not great. This is what the Patriots would always have. That division was not good. You rack up 10, 11, 12, 13 wins, home field advantage. Brady Belichick got a chance to go to, to another Super Bowl. Buffalo has to take advantage of that. Dallas has to take advantage of that. Bad division, win every one of those games. 
Even if they're ugly wins, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Win them. Yeah, McLevin. I remember uh, Peyton Manning's Colts had a weak yep, division around That's them. true, as you love to point out. Well, I'm just saying, legacy-wise. <laughs> well, they would always win the division. Everyone would be shocked that they would lose the Patriots in the uh, playoffs, but playoffs? Playoffs. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we got a couple of new t-shirts based off things that happened this weekend. By the way, uh, speaking of which, Aaron Rodgers' career record versus the Bears is 22-5. and five. His uh, record at Soldier Field, 10-3. and three. Career touchdown passes and interceptions versus the Bears, 57-10. to 10. So I would say ownership seems like an apt word there for Aaron Rodgers owning the Chicago Bears. Technically, he doesn't own them. He rents them. It's like a co-op, maybe. Maybe, maybe just renting them, <laughs> co-opting them. But I don't know what... Was it just a woman who was flipping him off in the stands that I keep, he said that he blacked out. He doesn't remember that, but something clearly set him off because he's yelling at the, to no one in particular. I own you. I still own you. Yeah. Paul. Like Will Ferrell in old school when he's debating James Carville and he kind of comes to at the end. He goes, that's how you debate. Remember he's like <laughs> kind of blacks out. All right. Uh, best and worst of the weekend, Todd, I'll start with you. My best of the weekend, time to give the LSU Tigers some love. Ty Davis-Price rushes for a school record, 287 yards, three touchdowns. LSU beats number 20, Florida, 49-42 in Death Valley. LSU also had four interceptions. Worst of the weekend, my Astros giving up a grand slam home run in the first and second inning of ALCS Game 2 in Houston. J.D. Martinez in the first inning, Raphael Devers in the second. McLovin, best and worst. Uh, my best is going to be Oklahoma true freshman Caleb Williams with a 243.3 passer rating in an easy win over TCU. I think that's good. I don't even know how high they go up in college. Uh, my other best is I got to attend a Flyers game live. I'm all in on the hockey. I just want to make that announcement. Oh, you're just like ESPN. Yes. If ESPN jumped on, uh, you know, we, we tied Vancouver. We... We tied Vancouver. I don't know if Vancouver is good or bad. I don't know if they're the Grizzlies or the Canucks, but it was a fun time. Isn't it interesting, though, when, you know, a network owns something, how much they really own it. And then when they don't own it, they don't care anything about it. Yes, McLovin. By the way, I'm wearing a bright orange flyer shirt. Paul goes, did you buy that? Of course I didn't buy that. They were handing them out at the door. <laughs> Everybody got one of these. All right. It's got the schedule on the back and everything. It's awesome. Seaton, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, my best of the weekend, Major League Baseball requiring teams to provide housing for, uh, I think, some minor league players, not all minor league players, starting in 2022. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know if people realize just how broke minor league athletes really are, um, but that is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. Pretty fantastic. Yeah. My worst of the weekend is the media coverage of Geno Smith's performance, <laughs> not only this week, but last week, which have been nothing short of heroic. 
um, are being reflected very poorly in the media, and I think that that needs to change. This is the start of an article on NFL.com. For the second consecutive week, Geno Smith had the ball in his hands with a chance to engineer a Seattle Seahawks victory, and for the second consecutive week, the quarterback turned the ball over, squashing that opportunity. But that is oh, true. Okay, technically that is true, yes. Was there a fumble this last night that led to the game ending? Yeah. Yes, technically. Was there an interception last week that led to the game ending? <laughs> technically, yes. Was the interception his fault? Absolutely not. The receiver fell down. Okay. Was we, the fumble his fault? I would prefer to say it was a better play by the defense than a bad play by him, but okay, either way. Didn't we try to come up with a stat where it's not the quarterback's fault where he gives up an interception? Oh, yeah. Our receiver, blame the receiver. What was it called? Our something. Our receiver. RCI. Receiver caused interception. Something that, you know, and I'm sure Patrick Mahomes' family, his mom would sign up for this stat too. She was tweeting out uh, yesterday that it wasn't his fault that he threw an interception or one of the two interceptions weren't his fault. Uh, Paulie, best and worst of the weekend. Dan, the best of the weekend. My Chicago Sky win the WNBA title. I've been telling you for years how much I love the Sky. Uh, never, actually never. But we watched the game yesterday. It's pretty cool. Um, worst of the weekend. I also told Iowa not to go to Purdue this weekend. We... We gave America this tip on Friday. We said this is the kind of game Purdue wins. This is the kind of game Iowa loses. That Purdue will do this, ruin somebody's season while they go eight and four. Remember Ohio State a couple of years ago? And then Iowa, hey, we just had, we got a big win over Penn State and we're number two in the country. And they're not number two. They, you know, they, they've played well. There hasn't been great college football. And they just don't have a, a great quarterback. Uh, but, you know, Purdue dominated them. And this is the kind of game where you go to Purdue and you go, wow, Purdue looks pretty good. Yeah, Paul. The Purdue social media coordinator for the football Twitter said we beat the number two out of Iowa. I love that. Good post. The other worst of the weekend, not just, uh, <laughs> you know, the group of Tennessee fans who threw the stuff on the field. Well, Tennessee's punishment after that is they get to go to Alabama this weekend with their 27.5 point favorite. Underdogs. So far, 18 arrests, 47 ejections at Tennessee's football game against Ole Miss on Saturday night. And uh, the uh, Tennessee Police Department looking at video of the game and security camera footage, and they're going to be arresting, uh, suspending uh, students from going to uh, future college football games. Uh, Marco in Arizona. Buenas noches, or buenos dias. Hey, buenos dias, Dan. Um, good morning to all you guys, um, and I hope all the food that Mario's dad made was delicious. Yes, it was. It looked delicious. Um, my best and worst, real quick, best, clearly the Cowboys, you know, dumb kid beating the genius. Um, that's awesome. And then my worst is clearly the NFL and the Washington scandal thing. That's just still bothering me. And I have a comment, Dan, because, uh, you know, I've been a big I've been a critic of, of Dak in the past, but uh, he's got to be comeback player of the year this year, man. I mean, the, the mental fortitude that guy has to recover from not just a horrific injury, but to lose his brother yeah. and all those things during that. I mean, the recovery alone is, is incredible, but that on top of it, for him to be playing lights out like this is just, it's moving. He really is. Yeah, uh, but I think he's got his sight set on bigger things than comeback player of the year, like MVP. Carson Palmer will join us 
former NFL quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner. Get his thoughts as we do every Monday. More phone calls as well. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. We'll update the poll results as well. We'll take a break. Two hours in the books on this Monday. One more to go. Dan Patrick Show. 